Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the Score, and today's episode is presented by Head and Shoulders. Offense for great hair, defense against flakes. We're down to the final week of the fantasy season. The fantasy championships are here. I know some of you played DFS in week 17. That's fine. But I've said it before, I really hope your Fantasy League's Championship Week doesn't extend to Week 17 because that can throw off the entire operation. I mean, we've already heard the Ravens say that Lamar Jackson's likely going to sit out Week 17. We're going to see a bunch of NFL clubs when they clinch playoff berths. They're going to do the exact same thing. They're going to sit their stars. So a Week 17 Championship, it's just not a fair way to do things for Fantasy Leagues. And if you're in Roto Leagues... I would still say that you should end the fantasy season after week 16. Don't punish teams that draft good players on contending teams. That's just not right. I will also say week 16 is when the Fantasy Pros Most Accurate Expert competition ends as well. So maybe that tells you something. And I haven't seen an update yet for week 15, but last I checked, I was still holding down first place as the most accurate ranker this season. So we'll see if I can close it out and take home the gold this year. All right. Before we jump into the injury analysis to the top waiver wire pickups, just a reminder, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you're using. I'll be taking a couple weeks off around the holidays, but weekly episodes, they're going to pick up again in January. They're going to run throughout the off season, looking back at what we learned this year in fantasy, taking a look at playoff DFS, getting you ready for free agency, getting you ready for the draft. It does not stop. And if you're listening to me, you should check out some of the other great shows that we have on the Score Podcast Network, like uh, the Score MMA Podcast with James Lynch, Pound the Rock, our NBA show, or Expand the Zone, our MLB podcast. There is a bunch on there. Okay, since it's the final week of the season, since it's the final week of the fantasy campaign here, there isn't that much we need to go over. But there are a couple big injuries that we have to talk about, and the first is Dalvin Cook. We've been discussing him every week in the injury section for about the last month, it feels like. He's been battling through shoulder injuries. He's continued to play, though, but on Sunday, he suffered an injury to his other shoulder now. And despite Mike Zimmer coming out and saying, well, Cook felt better on Monday and he might play in Week 16, that is possible. It really seems like the Vikings need to be smart here and give him a week off. If he does play... You have to start him. That's just the way it is. He's too good of a player to have on your bench, but you're at risk of him having another aggravation and sitting out a big chunk of the game. You're at risk of him potentially being part of a committee at this point. Maybe they want to reduce his touches. They get the other guys involved a little more there. So we don't know what Alexander Madison's status is. He missed last week with an ankle issue. So my guy, Mike Boone, is the top waiver ad this week. Until we find out more about this situation right now, my guess is that Cook sits this week and Mike Boone is the guy that would step up and play. And he could be an RB1. He's really in that RB2, low-end RB1 range in the rankings. Could be a league winner on Monday night against the Packers if Cook is out. We'll talk a little more about Boone when we get to the waiver wire section. Chris Godwin, I mean, the Bucks. Lose Mike Evans in week 14. Now they lose Chris Godwin in week 15 to a hamstring injury. Godwin just had a fantastic season. Wide receiver one in fantasy, 86 catches, over 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns. But you're not going to have him for the fantasy championship. You're also not going to have his teammate, Scotty Miller. Not that you were going to use him, but Miller did score a touchdown last week. He also suffered a hamstring injury of his own. So fire up Rashad Perriman, who scored three touchdowns in that game on Sunday. 
And you could also use Justin Watson. He's going to sneak into that wide receiver three range. We know Jameis Winston's going to chuck it. The Texans aren't that tough of a matchup, but I'm spoiling the waiver wire section here. We'll talk more about all these guys once we get there in a second. I also want to mention Julian Edelman. Now, Edelman played this weekend, but he's dealing with multiple injuries and it showed on Sunday. He was not moving around like himself. We'll watch the practice participation this week, but the Patriots, we know they're not going to give us that much. And the Bills are a tough matchup for Edelman. So we need to downgrade him just a little bit unless we really feel like he's going to get healthy this week. So I think in week 16, we're looking at him as more of a, a wide receiver two, maybe even on the low end of that wide receiver two range, as opposed to being a wide receiver one for fantasy like he normally is. Fortunately, there were not that many other big injuries in week 15 that are at least going to make an impact on the fantasy landscape. Some guys who I want to monitor though this week, some guys who were dinged up prior to week 15, like Damian Williams, we might get him back. He got back to practice last week, but he also had an illness near the end of the week. And with the illness and the rib injury, the Chiefs just elected to keep him on the sideline. So there's a chance he's back for the fantasy championship. T.Y. Hilton got to play on Monday night. He got back in the field. And Frank Reich said, if he's on the field, he's 100%. Well, that definitely wasn't the case. He was more of a decoy in that game. He only played about 51% of the Colts' snaps. Maybe another week will do him some good, get him closer to 100%. But right now, he's really a risky wide receiver three for fantasy. Adam Thielen, exact same situation. He was on the field for just over 50% of the Viking snaps in his first game back from that hamstring issue. Hopefully, he's going to look more like himself in Week 16. I generally feel like that's the case, especially if Cook's out. Maybe they need to throw it a little bit more in that game. I think Thielen's going to be a little closer to that wide receiver two range this week. One suspension that we have to mention, it's sadly not a surprising one, and it's not like Josh Gordon was a huge fantasy asset at this point, but he's once again been suspended indefinitely by the league, so that's all she wrote for Gordon this season. Likely spells the end of his NFL career as well. It's just really a sad story for Gordon, for the NFL. We wish him all the best, though, and hopefully, hopefully he can get his life to a point where he is happy, where everything's on track, even if that doesn't involve the NFL. Shifting over to the waiver wire, as always, you can find the the full waiver wire column on the score. I still mention around 30 plus players this week. It's tougher because we're not stashing players anymore. So unless you're in a dynasty league, you're not looking to grab guys to just throw them on your bench. You're looking for guys who can make their way into your lineup this week. And if you made it this far, you know what you're doing. I'm just here to help you to try to get you to the finish line. So let's start at quarterback. And there's really four quarterbacks this week that I think you can consider. Maybe you could stretch that out to five, but the names are Andy Dalton, Drew Locke, Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then that maybe fifth one is Gardner Minshew. I didn't like the fact that he couldn't take advantage of that Raiders defense early in that game. It wasn't until in the second half when he actually got anything done against him. He was really struggling in the first half there, so that makes me a little concerned about him, even in what should be a decent matchup against Atlanta. The other guys, Andy Dalton just has the best matchup here. He's going up against the Dolphins. Miami's defense has been in the bottom five for fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks all season, giving up an average 289 passing yards and 2.6 touchdowns per game over their last five contests. So you're never going to feel good about having Andy Dalton in your lineup. We know he has an extremely low floor, but in this one, he's got a pretty good ceiling as well. And that low floor gets raised a little bit just based on the matchup. And we know the Bengals have some good weapons 
in that offense. So in a good matchup where there's not going to be a lot of pressure on him, Dalton can take advantage. Drew Locke, he's also pretty interesting this week. Now, in the first two starts that he had, threw for five touchdowns, including had that 309-yard, three-touchdown game against the Texans. His next opponent here is the Lions. And now they've allowed at least three passing scores in six of their last nine contests. We just saw them get dusted by Jameis Winston, 458 yards, four touchdowns. The fact that the Lions don't really have much of a pass rush, it's kind of the same thing like I was saying about Dalton. It's going to allow a player like Locke, a rookie, to have some time to make some plays back there. We like his weapons. He's got more than enough firepower with Cortland Sutton, with Noah Fant, with Philip Lindsay out of the backfield. They have some talent on that Broncos offense. The matchup is fantastic, and Locke played pretty well in those first two games. He kind of impressed us in those first two starts, so don't look at the snow game in KC and discount him too much. Sometimes it can be hard, especially for a rookie in a tough matchup in the snow. He didn't get it done in this matchup. I think he can. The reason that I have Mitch Trubisky and Ryan Fitzpatrick a little lower is just because of those matchups. The Chiefs are much tougher against the pass than they are against the run. The Bengals have actually been playing better over the last month or so here. So Fitzpatrick, similarly volatile to some of these other guys we've mentioned, and that's why I'd be a little bit worried about him in that matchup with the Bengals. At running back, I talked about him earlier, Mike Boone. Gotta love the name. At this point, Mike Boone is the number one ad. We might find something else out during the week about Dalvin Cook's health, about Alexander Madison's health, but right now you gotta go spend everything you have left to get Mike Boone, a guy who could legitimately be an RB1 this week for you if he's the one getting the start in that offense. Carrion Johnson I put on the list. Now, I don't totally trust Carrion Johnson, and I mentioned in the article that this is more of a, a desperation play if you have to put him into your lineup. He could be an RB3 with some RB2 upside. I just don't see them bringing him back and giving him a full workload in his first game back after like two months off, it seems like that would be a very strange decision, but we're talking about Matt Patricia, the Lions coaching staff, maybe they let him get back in there and just go to town. Seems more likely it's going to still be some sort of a committee with Ty Johnson involved, with maybe Wes Hills or Bo Scarborough, if Scarborough's healthy, with one of those other guys in there as well with Carrion Johnson. But he has practiced for two weeks now and he's gotten glowing reviews from the coaching staff. Seems like he's in good shape. Seems like he's in good health. So he should be back out there this week. And the matchup against Denver isn't the toughest one out there. Some other options that I just throw out there, Boston Scott, we've seen him get a lot more involved, especially in the passing game for the Eagles in the last couple weeks. And then the Dolphins, the matchup with the Bengals on the ground is pretty good. Patrick Laird has been the guy, but Miles Gaskin started to get more involved last week. So you're looking at maybe more of a split between those two. You could roll the dice on either one, but we're talking at that point, you are very desperate at running back to have to start one of those guys in your flex or even in your RB2 spot. At receiver, it's the Bucks guys starting us off. Brashad Perriman, Justin Watson. Perriman's stat lines over the last three weeks have been good. Now it's been helped by the fact that Mike Evans got hurt last week, that Godwin got hurt this week, but his last three stat lines, five for 87, 
three for 70 and one, and then that huge five for 113 and three in that game against the Lions this week. He's playing pretty much a full-time role at this point. He's a borderline fantasy wide receiver to the rest of the way. Brashad Perriman, that's what can happen near the end of the fantasy season. And then for Watson, didn't have a great game last week. Scotty Miller coming back into the lineup, got back ahead of him. But with Miller out, we can look at Watson more like he performed a couple weeks ago when he had a five for 59 and a one game two weeks ago. So his target share is going to rise and that makes him intriguing as maybe a low end wide receiver three against the Texans. Anthony Miller, the fact that he's only 26% owned in leagues, it's just stunning. Maybe the teams that made it to the playoffs had good receivers. They didn't need him, but Miller has just been crushing it. He's been a top 12 fantasy receiver across all formats over the last five weeks. Top 12, a wide receiver one. He's got 200-yard games during that time. He's getting a ton of targets. He's a guy that you can get into your lineup. It's not just a pickup. It's somebody you could play on your roster in the fantasy championship here. So even if you don't plan to use him, even if you do have good receivers on your team, go grab him and put him on your bench. Just block your opponent from getting him and potentially use him against you. Uh, Danny Amendola getting a lot of work with the injuries with Marvin Jones going down and that Lions receiving core. He's going to get a lot of targets. I don't love his upside. I'm not a huge fan of those high volume slot receiver kind of guys like Amendola, but got a lot of work last week. He can get it done. The Pittsburgh guys have a great matchup with the Jets, James Washington, Deontay Johnson. Either one of those guys are pretty good dart throws. Chris Conley, Kenny Stills. Now you're talking about guys who are going to need that deep ball. They're going to need to get into the end zone. Don't be mistaken. Stills didn't have a big game from a target standpoint. He just found the end zone twice last week. So you're still looking at him as a guy who's going to need to be extremely efficient. He's going to need to connect on one of those deep balls to be valuable for fantasy. And then at tight end, OJ Howard. What a roller coaster this has been. Started off before the season as one of my favorite fantasy tight ends as a breakout candidate, extremely talented player. And then early in the season, wasn't getting used, was making a ton of mistakes that we really didn't see from him during his first two seasons in the league. And now at the end of the year with these injuries to the receiving core, we're seeing him get more involved. His last three stat lines, five for 61, four for 73, four for 46. That's tight end one numbers. I know he's not really fine in the end zone yet, but with all those top guys in the receiving core out of the lineup, Howard becomes very, very interesting. He's getting the Texans this week. They're a good matchup on paper. They've given up big days to Jonu Smith, to Noah Fant over the last couple weeks. So Howard, the story might end with him being a tight end one in week 16 and potentially helping you win a fantasy title. I just mentioned Noah Fant. He's another guy you could look at. Gets that Lions defense. Fant has a little more volatility in his game. He's showed a very, very high ceiling, had a couple hundred yard games this year. He's also shown a pretty low floor. His playing time has gone down a little bit since Jeff Hireman came back. But if you need that big swing, if you need a tight end who can give you over 100 yards and find the end zone, Fant can do that for you. So he's the kind of guy that you're taking some risk but he also has a lot of upside there. Some other guys, Mike Gesicki going against the, the Bengals. Ian Thomas, I know he had more of a down day last week, but the Colts are a pretty good matchup for tight ends. And then Jonu Smith, that matchup with the Saints is a little tougher, but Smith is another guy, kind of like Fant, that has a lot of upside that they can get involved, so he could sneak into your lineup 
if you're desperate there. That is all for today's show. Remember, you can find the full breakdown of the waiver wire options for the Fantasy Championship Week over at The Score. Make sure you're subscribed to alerts from the NFL Fantasy News section on The Score app. You can also find me on Twitter, at Justin Boone. Big thanks to Drew Brees and Michael Thomas for helping me make comebacks, reach the finals in a couple leagues last night. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening, and we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight, I said leave on time.